Hello, and welcome to Diefall Presents Dragonlance. Shadow of the Dragon Queen. We have our group here, some new faces, some old faces, some very old faces. Craig, I'm looking at you. Um, I'm so tired. <laughs> Damn. Damn, that's cold, man. I'm just, I'm pretty sure Craig is younger than I am. Uh, <laughs> so, 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 yeah. so I can make these jokes, right? Is that, that's how that works? That's fair, that uh, seems fair to me. At the top of this show, we're gonna do some introductions to get all the cast here and introduced, but not do character introductions yet. We will do that in the course of the game. This will be my first foray into the Dragonlance setting in the world of Kryn, so please be patient with me while I try to learn everything I can about the vast histories of a new world. It's a lot. I'm doing my best, thank you. Uh, we're gonna just go with what I have here on my side of the things for introductions, and if that's random on the screen, it's because I had to edit it in post. Smile. Dan, you're first! Please introduce yourself! Hello, I'm Dan. Or, uh, the internet might know me as Dan Otage. Or, or, um, people who read it separately, which I, I fully understand is Dan Otage. Mm. Or, if you're, if you live in Japan and speak a... Japanese-like language, it's Danotage. Um, it's all of them. Hi. Hello. <laughs> the, the, the guy that, yeah, is over here. This guy. Yes. One of our, our Spelljammer crew has decided to join us in a new world as well. And speaking of Spelljammer crews, uh, one that played Pine Saul. Kat, please introduce yourself. Hi, that's me. I'm Kat. I played uh, your lovable, light-obsessed, uh, bug in Spase. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Uh, that's pretty much it. I'm Kat. Yeah. In a in yeah. a vastly different storyline, which we will come to see, Spelljammer was all very lighthearted and fun. This game may not have the same type of joy, <clears throat> but I'm sure light will be found in the darkness. Isn't that right, Craig, who I already made fun of? Uh, can you <laughs> introduce yourself, please, sir. No. <laughs> I don't no, want uh, <clears throat> uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm Craig. I've, I've played in uh, a couple of different campaigns on, on Joel's channel. So if you've uh, watched a bit on there, you, you may recognize me. But other than that, I've got, I've got nothing else to say. So there nothing we go. else to say. <laughs> No. Love it. Great. <laughs> Connor, could you fill it out for him here in some introduction space? Sure thing. Uh, hello everyone, my name's Connor, or you might know me as Merchant. I used to be relevant on the internet, and now I'm not, which mm. is amazing. Uh, yeah, I've played D&D with Joel for a few years. I've played D&D with Craig for even longer, um, but I'm very excited to play with all of these lovely new faces, making friends, just like my mom told me to do. And uh, yeah, that's about it, I think. Excellent. I'm sure your mom will be very proud that you've made some other nerdy friends. It'll be better about it afterwards. Good. Hi, mom! <laughs> Hi, mom! Hi, mom! I'm on TV. And last and certainly not least, Kayla, please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Kayla, also known as Time Lord's Wife. Uh, you can find all my stuff at timelordswife.com. Uh, the only project I have going on right now is a different dragon game that I won't talk too much about because right now we're playing this dragon game, and that's what matters. It's a good dragon game. Let's just put it that way. Go find other dragon game if you need more dragons. Uh, yeah, there may be dragons today. I don't know. There might be dragons today. Hi, and I, <laughs> I'm Joel, the Runaway Robot. This is my channel. You probably got that figured out. There's not really much I should do as an introduction here. Uh, but hey, guys, do you want to play some some Dungeons and, and Dragons, perhaps? Perchance? I just want to play the dragons part. <clears throat> just the dragons part. Uh, that's no understandable. Dungeons. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, no dungeon. Shit. All right, I gotta uh, hang on. Can I play roll dice? Yes. Yes, you can play roll dice. Excellent. Uh, I do love to roll me some <laughs> dice. The way that this adventure is structured at the very beginning of this is uh, rather interesting, and I, I like it a lot. And we're gonna we're gonna utilize it hopefully to the best of our ability here as we spiral in out of the clouds over to the world of Kryn. Post cataclysm, when the gods decided that their silence would extend for hundreds of years, things have begun to change on the continent. The Dragon Queen's armies have gone to war. The conquest of Ancelon has begun. The eastern half of the continent has already fallen, and the Dragon Army has tested its forces against isolated and fractious lands. But now it turns its attention to the west, the land of Salamnia, a nation known as the home of knights and heroes. And now the true war begins. But before we dive into the war itself, we find ourselves on a quiet night off the side of the road north of Megloth in the Salamnic region. A small fire crackles, tended by a woman alone on the road, the light softly illuminating her features. Reyna, would you please give a description of yourself? Who do we see here? In the light of the fire would make out a tall, thin figure in heavy armor. There is a longsword at their side and a mace propped up against the log that they're sitting on. And there is a shield placed on their back. You can tell that their armor, even in this low light, has seen many battles. They sit there staring into the light of the flame, holding a locket that hangs around their neck, silver locket. They have brilliantly colored hair. It's pink and purple. A side is braided to keep it out of their face. Their ears are pointed, poking out from their long hair. And that is who you see sitting before you. It's been a long road, but only a few days further to Vogler. You're doing all of this travel as a favor, really, for the woman that you love. A sabbatical from your training in the Salomnic Order to travel all this way to a small fishing town outside on the edge of the Salomnic region. A man, a friend named Ispin Greenshield, has passed away. The letter arrived recently, and Demelza requested that you go. You knew him, a master of tall tales and kind words, at first as someone rivaling for Demelza's affections, but soon you realized he was someone you could trust, rely on, and call a friend. It will be good to be there for the funeral. You settle into your trance of rest, the world fading around you here as you take a small bit of time to actually rest for yourself. The trance is less peaceful than normal. You find yourselves just 
in the smoke and shadow of a battlefield. In the center of a forest clearing. Clashing steel echoing from the thickets beyond. You look around, you see piles of bodies covering the ground. One of the falling clutches something against their chest. You're not sure what it is, but you feel the urge to reach for it. But before you can, the object glows and flashes with intense light. The fallen soldier's eyes snapping open into pools of silver. It snaps you out of the dream, out of your trance, and you find yourself in your camp, destroyed. Things scattered. The fire dashed. The ground around you trampled and in disarray. What would you like to do? Carefully taking in the scene around me, I think Reyna would carefully pick up their objects, starting with weapons first, food next, making sure not to leave any trace. You find that your things form a trail. Food, clothing, discarded trinkets, your weapons, discarded leading into the underbrush. Goes on for a few hundred feet. The main portion of your belongings discarded in the middle of the forest. Nothing seems to be missing or damaged. There's no sign of what could have brought your things here. The very edge, the very end of this trail, you see that item from your dream, that amulet. You see it more clearly now, not shrouded in the haze of a dream. You feel drawn to it, and you can see it clearly for the first time, a silver triangle hanging on a silver chain from a low branch of a tree near your belongings. What would you like to do? Surveying the area around me, I just want to make sure that there are no footprints. If there sure. are, note whether they are human or animal. Uh, it is up to you on whether or not you would like to roll investigation or survival. Heck. What are we good at? Survival. Perfect. An 11. Fortunately, not very high, but you can't seem to tell, at least in the night, that there's any footprints at all around you. Perhaps maybe a rabbit or a deer, but nothing that would have trampled your things and tossed them into the forest for hundreds of feet. I'll go ahead and pick up my objects, leaving the triangle behind. Do not know what it is or where it came from. You feel a tug. Amulet hanging there, shining our camera, watches as you begin to turn away from it. It shines and turns in the tree. A blast of energy from around it flattens the ground around. A pulse into the underbrush here. Creating an unnatural clearing similar to the one in your dream. Looking about you, you can see that the cleared plants also reveal some ruins nearby. Crumbling stone structure in the undergrowth. The roof pierced by the trunk of an immense tree. The walls mostly intact. 
and a large empty door frame leads inside. A voice reaches out inside your head, but a whisper. Reina, come. Hello? No response. Carefully continuing on, weapon at the ready, a longsword in hand. I actually change that sword and board. Okay, pulling out the shield Relieving, as well. Mm-hmm, relieving the shield from my back, longsword in hand, I'm going to proceed forward, shield up, sword, resting on the fist, looking about towards the ruins. Okay. Moving towards the door, you find that the tree visible from the outside breaks through the ruins' marble floor and stretches through the collapsed ceiling. Around it, broken statues line the remaining walls, standing in crumbling alcoves. Most of them are crumbled and unrecognizable, but you get one or two. Some from your training in Salomnia. Kiri, Joyth, the Sword of Justice. Ranchala, the Bardic King, but one that dominates all of them, unmarred by the passage of time and uncrumbled, vaguely glowing at the end of the room. A great platinum dragon, a glow coalescing around the statue here, the symbol, the thing you refused to touch, the triangle hangs, dangles from a claw of the dragon itself. Reyna, approach. As soon as I see the pendant and the statues, divine sense immediately. Sure. Um, you open up your senses to the things around you here. There's no beings in this room. There's no living creatures uh, that would that divine sense would allow you to to sense here. But you do get the sense that there is some great good in the room. It smells clean, like uh, wind over a forested mountain, the edge of a waterfall. It feels calming, feels deep, but nothing evil here reaches your senses. Who are you? Make yourself known. The voice reaches out again, and you see, as the voice does, the symbol and the statue pulse in that glow. I am Palandine, the Platinum Dragon, the god of good, father to many other gods. Come, approach. As he says his name instinctively, you'll see Reyna reach for the locket around her neck. And taking a deep, shuddering breath, takes a step forward. Approach, child. Take the symbol. Rise to greater heights. Become my example of a soul reaching majesty and goodness. Evil walks this land, and a shadow approaches. It is time for the gods to break their silence. For but a moment, you watch as Reyna releases the grasp on the locket, moving to reach 
for the pendant, the triangle, and then hesitates, looking up towards the statue. Why now? Why, why do the gods break their silence now? You say that there is evil about, there has been evil for millennia. After the cataclysm, the ruination of the world, we felt the need to step back, let the world rebuild itself without our influence. But it seems that that may have been a mistake. Why you? Well, I hope you can find out for yourself. But this choice is not made without great thought. After deep contemplation, Reyna, before reaching for the pendant, will take up a position of kneeling mm -hmm. uh, in respect towards the statue and says to Palandine, Amulet falls from the statue's claw, reaches your hand, and another pulsation from the statue, the glow vanishing, and around you, the temple vanishing as well. The structure falls away from your vision, and you're left once again in that clearing. But the one from before, next to your fire, still somewhat glowing, the embers in the night. All of your belongings collected and organized, everything right where you left it. Just one difference. In your palm, the silver triangle. Is it already on a chain? It is. The watches Reyna slips chain around her neck, placing it next to the pendant that already lay there, but this time, now gripping the triangle pendant so fiercely that it almost breaks skin and continues staring into the firelight, contemplating exactly what just did. The camera watches Reyna into the fire, and as we pull away, we find ourselves next to a different fire. One a little busier. <laughs> One with significantly more people. A long train. A caravan. Making its way along the road. Setting up for camp here. A wagoneer, Breck Townsend. Human man, balding with a patchy gray beard, calls out. Alright, we'll settle here for the night. Few days yet from Vogler, but we're making good time. Ah, you, Talanor! Help me get these boxes down. And circle up to make camp. A young, elven man comes to help unpack the merchant's wagon, hitch the horses for the evening. And our camera finally sees him for the first time. Talanor? Who do we see? What do you look like? So you see Talanor Greymoon, who's a, a young elvish man, just entering adulthood. He wears very well-tailored blue and silver-threaded 
tunic and trousers, but you can tell that they maybe need a wash. They're a little run down and threadbare around the knees and elbows, but he seems to be keeping a fairly large stuffed backpack on him at all times as he's helping clearing up the boxes and whatnot. And as you get a better look at him, you realize that he's, other than that, quite plainly dressed. He does have a silver signet ring that bears the shape of a crescent moon on, but other than that, you can tell that he's definitely well-dressed, but maybe been through some rough times. You begin to help caravans being unpacked here. Your thoughts turn to the letter. Your excuse to leave from Sylvanos those months ago, and now you're almost there. The end of your journey, perhaps. There's certainly no home to return to. You'd heard of Ispin, never knew him. Your father loved bragging about some of the more impressive clients he'd had, and had heard secondhand tales of the dashing human adventurer who came to Sylvanesti. Between the letter and your father's name, you've come very, very far indeed. Lost in your thoughts, you almost forget what night it is. Somewhat hard to tell as the clouds begin making their way overhead, a rain threatening here at the edge of the camp by the water side of the river. It's the night of the eye. The eye is, well, every year and a half. The moons of Cran align in this event known as the Night of the Eye. It's a night of magic, portents, of meaning. You look up and see that the moons are just aligning now. And underneath them, you spot it. You think you recognize the building. A spire. Broken, but large. A barb reaching up into the sky. Just as it's named. The barb. Built before the cataclysm by the mages of high sorcery. Its intended purpose, some lost to time, but... Is a place of great import for the mages. It seems to have this ability to move around. Maybe the magic of the night has brought it here. This jagged, half-ruined spire of gray stone. Many who aspire to become mages of high sorcery have gone there to prove their magical proficiency. What do you do, Talonor? Talonor would, with sort of slightly sweaty palms at this point, I'd swing the backpack off my back and open it up and have a rummage in it towards the bottom and just make sure that I've still got my initiate's robes on me. They are there, wrinkled, unused, but they're there. I'll shift them closer to the top a little bit and say to myself, well, anybody comes knocking? Hopefully these should buy me at least some time. The barb remains there, and you note the doorway, even from here, glows, inviting, as if it knows. Oh no, not today, I don't think. 
Um, perhaps there's more boxes that need shifting, I think. And I'm going to hop back into the wagon mm-hmm. rapidly and start yeah, shifting things around. <laughs> Just moving things places to oh, places. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Doing absolutely nothing of import whatsoever. But moving plenty of stuff. The wagon leader, Breck, calls out for you. Eleanor! Uh, go help them. They seem, can't seem to get the horses straightened out. Go, go. It's starting to rain. Oh, horses. Uh, yes, okay. Uh, all right, Breck. Tell me, Breck, how, how many days to Vogler again? Oh, I don't know. Uh, shorter side of a week, I think. Oh. Oh, okay. I was hoping you'd say the shorter side of a day, but I suppose that'll do. Uh, head over to help with the horses. Yeah, you go over there, and they do seem to be having some trouble. The horse is not enjoying the night of the eye here. Go ahead and roll me an animal handling check. Uh, you play to my strengths, Joel. <laughs> uh, that's a four. That is a beautiful four. Uh, yeah, you don't help very much, and you do get nipped a little bit by one of the horses as you try to get them staked Good. out for the night. Another job well done, I suppose turn back to where the barb was, as if it read your reticence. It's gone. One less thing to worry about. One less thing. You get things settled down. The night is rainy, but fortunately, sleeping underneath the caravan provides some dry ground and some cover from the rain. Wake up the next day and the rain continues along your road for days after until eventually you can see the small town of Vogler on the horizon. Our camera again pulls back, the rain fading away, and we find ourselves deep into the forest. The winds whipping around the Estwild forest side south of Vogler and across the river. Daylight modeled through the trees reaches the dirt road winding through the Estwild province. And a long road. Just the two of you traveling together after years of being apart. Our camera comes down through the trees. We see the first of our siblings. Ravenna? Give me a description, please. Ravenna is a very tall and muscular... Uh, one would like to say orc, but she's more... goblin. And she has very light, sickly green skin covered in all manner of makeshift scars and gnashes and her hair is extremely unkept and it's like a rat's nest um black and wild in the wind and her eyes are a light piercing gray she wears leathers of i want to say different tones nothing is matching it's all more for a um, more necessary purpose than it is to be fashionable. Um, however, it's covered in 
almost equally as many scratches and gnashes as she has on her arms. Tattered cloths and some furs that have definitely seen better days. Our camera looks over Ravenna's shoulder to see her brother. Svartal, give me a description. Svartal, big, huge, <laughs> strong, dirty. Svartal is a, um, is all those things. In fact, when you look at Ravenna, you ask, what could be bigger? And, well, then you look slightly to the right and you see something slightly bigger. He's large, he has a, um, a similar skin tone to Ravenna, but with a slightly darker tinge. However, it's not really natural, it's mostly dirt and grime and mud and all kinds of things because, well, he's very, uh, unkempt by a long shot. Um, having come, in, come straight from the woods, you can not only tell by looking at him, you can smell him. He's dirty. He uh, doesn't really care too much about his hygiene. And uh, he's clothed by pretty much purely organic material, whether that be pelts or vines that somewhat close, closely tie his, uh, his pants together, even if they're falling apart piece by piece. He doesn't really care. Um, the pelt, uh, anything that covers the top is basically just the shoulders. He's uh, almost naked the entire time. However, uh, it, it's it's there. There's enough clothing to be uh, halfway decent. But he's a big, large man, uh, and you'd probably tell he had some pretty gnarly teeth if it wasn't for the giant, dirty beard covering everything around his face. Excellent. A letter had reached your tribe, telling you of the passing of Ispen Greenshield. Greenshield, long before, came to the Crown Tribe, ingratiating himself and making a request that he was in need of warriors for a dangerous but noble quest. Your mother, an incredible warrior, volunteered, as tradition and honor would demand of her. She would die on that journey, a death that would tear your family apart for years been a long road, a week's yet maybe from your final destination of Vogler, attending this Ispin Greenshield's, well, funeral. As tradition and honor would demand. A quivering scream echoes from around the next corner. Please, help! A young man shouts as he rushes around the bend and races towards you. His eyes widen as he sees the two towering figures here, and he comes skidding to a stop, down onto his knees and into the mud. Oh, pl oh please don't kill me, please. What is that? What, what, what is what? Puny. You talk. I will kneel down in front of him. Please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. Don't eat me. Let out a quick exhale. Oh. And I will grab his shirt. Is this your blood? 
Um, <laughs> no, 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 it, it is, it is not. It's, um, it was some of my friends, <laughs> a group of soldiers I was hired by to travel with, care for the summer horses. I used to work at a nearby farm. What attacked you? I don't really know. Uh, black-cloaked figures. Just truly moments ago, I've been running since then. I didn't get a good look at them. I hid in the brush and ran, ran off. <laughs> well, the soldiers fought. Please. What's he saying? Please, you're, you're very big and strong. Perhaps you can help them. Some soldiers are being attacked by cloaked beings. Right. Why, why, why do I care? You don't. We don't. Not really, anyways. But, 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 but you'd be doing some good. You, you, could, you could save someone. Please. I will grab him by the back of his collar, and I will start dragging him. Oh, oh yeah, okay. I, I can still, I can walk. I can. He tries to get his feet up from underneath him and realizes that Stop where you're holding squirming. him, he might not be tall enough to reach the ground while you drag <laughs> him along. Brother, uh, there is a fight. Uh, but I'm going, uh, oh, okay. Start heading down the road there. Uh, he tries to lead you. Fortunately, it's a very straightforward path through the woods here. And as you approach, the young man eventually says, Stop, 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 stop please, 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 please. I, I, I don't want to go any further. They're just ahead, please. I let him go. Yeah, just plop right, right down into the mud. Um, Just be careful. We don't know what they are. Shoot. Down the way. Oh. And he goes diving into the underbrush. Good luck. Spiral keeps walking. Yeah. <laughs> you keep walking. Uh, Ravenna catching up to you there. And you see down the way, erect wagon toppled, surrounded by armored corpses. Strange figures picking through the remains from underneath their cloaks, scaly wings, and sharp reptilian features. Some of them are green. Others are orange. The green ones wielding thick swords, wearing scaled armor. The orange ones, horns sweeping back from their heads, crouched nearer to the ground. There are four of these green lizard-like creatures and one of these orange ones their armor's emblazoned with something that you can't really make out from here under the cloaks, but they notice you. And you watch as the orange one yells out something in a language you don't understand. It's somewhat guttural and some hisses intermixed into the language itself. And two of these green lizard people make their way towards you. The other three take off down the road. The green ones brandish their weapons and push forward towards you. Go ahead and roll me some initiative. Hey, yeah. 17 and 16. I rolled a 13 and a 2. So it looks like... <laughs> it looks like our siblings are going to get the jump 
on this particular combat here. So, Ravenna, you are first up. What would you like to do? As you see these, they are injured, these green lizard creatures as they stalk their way close to you. They do look like they've taken some damage as the soldiers' bodies lie scattered around them. What do you want to do? Gonna roll my neck. Dig both of my feet into the ground. I would like to rage. Yeah. And right. I exhale deeply and I spit on the ground and that activates my rage. And I would like to throw a javelin at one of them. Absolutely. You pull out one of your javelins as they are stalking closer to you here, running your direction. An 18 will slam home through the already damaged armor here. Go ahead and roll me javelin damage. Absolutely. Does the eight piercing damage? Rage damage does not apply on the thrown weapon, but eight total points of damage. And you watch as the first guy just stumbles, falls onto the javelin, driving it deeper into himself. And it begins to turn to stone. This black and green gas exhaling from the creature's body there. And you watch as its body begins to harden into a gray stone. As your action, Ravenna, what else would you like to do? Svartal, move! Yes, and Svartal, it is your turn! As the other one, seemingly undeterred by its compatriot's very quick fall, continues forward to you. Seeing Ravenna land just, an, just the easiest throw in the world, Svartal gets a little jealous. He looks at her when, uh, when commanded to do something and just gets real angry yells out as if he were a uh, an animal of some sort except for um he uh, his voice cracks and uh <laughs> it's 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 very demoralizing and he goes into a rage okay <laughs> he goes into a rage uh yeah do you want to close the distance for uh and, more and hand to hand here as he's as he's raging he's sprinting forward yeah absolutely sprinting forward towards the remaining enemy here what would you like to do He's gonna pull out his uh, his big old axe and just start just swing just oh the most wildly as possible. Absolutely, <laughs> go for it. Great axe for fifteen will hit the damaged armor here, allowing for that axe to find the mark for four slashing damage plus the two for your rage puts you at mm. six total points of damage against this creature here. And you find that, well, he's not down yet, but you've hacked a deep gouge into his body. As your action, bonus action, and movement, the lizard creature will make a retort here, drawing that really thick short sword that he wields here, uh, and is going to roll a 17 to hit for seven piercing damage, reduced down to three due to your rage here. He continues battling back and forth with your brother, Ravenna. What do you want to do? I'm going to throw another javelin, my yeah. other javelin, at him. No need to I'm get close, your to, brother's already there. Yeah, try not to hit my brother. <laughs> absolutely, go ahead and throw a javelin. All right. 24 absolutely hits. Excellent. Go ahead and roll damage for nine. As you're battling it out here, Smartle, a javelin comes sailing through the air, slams into the creature's dome, and he drops immediately. However, that gas again comes pouring out of the dying creature, its body rapidly turning into stone. I need you to roll me a constitution saving throw. 
That is a nine. Nine. Svartle, you watch as that hand that was closest to him, wielding that greatsword, gets engulfed into the gas here, and it begins to turn you into stone. Uh, Svartle would, uh, as the javelin came flying over, he would turn back to uh, Ravenna and still, it'd be pretty angry, be pretty, like, pissed. Mm -hmm. And uh, he'd, well, I had him! And then all of a sudden, as he's like shrugging his, his arms and his axe in his hand, he starts to notice the the rocks or whatever his skin changing. Very his stiff arm, arm right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Finally noticing it, you get to focus on it a little bit more here. Roll me another constitution saving throw. As you watch it begin to start spreading up your arm. Eight. An eight. It pulls higher and higher. And you start to realize that your left arm does not move. The creature in front of you that has been felled by your sister, fully encompassed in this stone now. Ravenna, what do you want to do? I'm going to tackle him to move him <laughs> away from, to move him away. Yeah, you get away I from the happening. gas. Like, get and away from try, it. Yeah, I'm going to just like, <laughs> I'm just like this, like move and he's Svartle's not moving looking at his arm going ah! and so i am i run over and i try to like tackle him tackle him away to move him away from the gas sure you do so go crashing to the ground here and moving him away from the the gas location you do watch as the creature itself fully engulfed in the stone now the gas dissipating around him you look down at your brother's left arm and realize that the stone has basically climbed up all the way to his shoulder here. I need another constitution saving throw from Svartle. 13. That'll be enough. You're able to kind of like break the stone from inside, utilizing your rather prodigious muscles and free oh. yourself of that there. I get to the rock in the Fast and the Furious flex out of my cast? Yes. Let's go. Yes, you do. <laughs> and as the stone crumbles to the ground, you note that both of the lizard creatures crumble as well. Their armor and weapons remain, but their bodies are gone. The young man that had come screaming out after you previously cautiously makes his up way up the road out of the underbrush. He's, huh. Oh, you did it. Oh, 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 you did it. Um, are any of them still alive? The knights? Any of them? He starts to move around to try and check for pulses and hopefully anyone living. They're very much dead. Looking about here, you would recognize them by the soldier's armor as Knights of Salamnia the plate armor being rather recognizable, as well as their helms with the sweeping horns that are atop them. Looking at each of the armors here of the creatures that you had battled, you can now more clearly see the symbol that was emblazoned upon it there. A spiral outwards, looking like claws, the base of the claws at the center, each of them spiraling out much like a fan. The claws are different colors. Red, green, blue, white, black. The armor looks ruined. 
could attempt to wear it if you wanted to. The weapons look suitable, usable. The three soldiers, their plate armor and filigree and horned helms of the Knights of the Order have vicious claw marks through all of them. Hmm. Among the wreckage, though, there are three more long swords, eight days of food and water, meaning you don't have to go hunt, and about 40 gold pieces. I'll take the gold. <laughs> yes, right, the gold. Um, what were those things? Do you know? I walk over to it and I kick it. Yeah, the stone crumbles out from underneath your feet. Don't know. <sighs> Never fought them before. <laughs> dead. <laughs> right, yes, dead. <laughs> um, I'm a bit of a ways from home, and as you can see, the road is a little dangerous. Do you mind if I, uh stick with you both for a while? Mind? Do you care? Fine. Care? Yes, Once we get to the nearest once we get to the nearest village. Yeah, first village. That's it. First village. I'm out of your hair. I'm out of of your hairs. Two rules. Yes. One. Don't walk in front of him. Right? Course. And two, don't walk directly behind him. Where should I walk? Next to me. Good, yes, perfect. Love that. <laughs> Love that. Right. Don't do anything stupid. Wouldn't dream of it. <laughs> My name's Reese, by the way. And I don't care. The camera will pull back on this, <laughs> the wreckage of the caravan and Reese attempting to make friends and out away from the woods. We find ourselves further south on the plains of dust. The wind whipping around. Sun beating down mercilessly upon a man. Looking down at a letter, Hood pulled up to try and block as much of the sun as possible. The hooded figure looks up, lighting up their features. Who do we see? Razik is a tiefling with skin that is a vibrant shade of purple and uh, bright red eyes. Uh, when his hood is down, you can see that he has brown, thick hair that's wavy and cascades down to his shoulders, but often it is partially covered by a hood that shields him from the sun. Um, he adorns himself with various bronze jewelry, bracelets, necklaces, rings, and they're covering a variety of symbols and, and motifs. One of his most distinctive features is bronze-capped horns that he has, from which small adornments and chains hang off and, and gleam in the sun. He wears loose-fitting and flowing garments in earthy tones with a slightly ragged appearance. He has an orange silk cloak draped across his shoulders and a sash tied around his waist, which has a variety of tools, equipment, and pouches, as well as a small curved dagger. And his expression is often of quiet contemplation, and his eyes often flick to the horizon. We get a look over Razik's shoulder at the letter, finally. Dear friend, I am Becklin Uth Viharin. I've heard much about you from our mutual friend, Ispin Greenshield. 
It grieves me to share the news that our dear friend Ispin passed away peacefully here at his home in Vogler. May fortune and the old gods protect his soul. Ispin's friends are holding a memorial for him in the manner he always wanted. It will take place here in Vogler on the eve of the Kingfisher Festival. A right to ask you to do Ispin one last honor and attend. Should you come, accommodations will be available at the Brass Crab. Though the circumstances are sad, I am eager to meet you, and, through our memories, the revel in life of our great friend. Becklin Uthviharin, Knight of the Crown. Vogler is 800 miles from here. A long journey north. Ispin was a dear friend, fellow treasure hunter and lover of secret ancient locations. He had hired you years ago to lead his band of adventurers through the wastes to some ruins. A temple of the old gods, he said. You were young then, not ready for the danger that followed adventurers like Ispin. He would save your life that day. This led to a long relationship of letters that would travel hundreds of miles to each of his adventuring locations and each of the digs and hunts that you would go on. It would be good to be there for the funeral. Days pass. You finally see the edge of the plains of dust, traveling now along the hills that edge the plains themselves. Looking eastward, you see a shadow the forest of the Sylvanesti, a towering monument to nature shrouded in darkness, smoke pouring from many locations in the trees, and eerie shadows flying through the air. It's still some distance away yet, but what would you like to do? I think I, I'd be a bit wary of the, the flying shadows, um, so I'd probably try and stealthily move a bit closer for, for a better look, Joel. Yeah, absolutely. Roll me stealth. You're going to be okay. hunting your way forward here towards the Sylvanesti edge on a 20. It's a non-natural 20, yep. <laughs> 20, that's looking good. Yeah, approaching closer, the shadows in the air as they wheel about the smoke coalesce. Dragons, great winged lizards wheeling in the sky and what seems to be an endless column of soldiers marching out from the trees and towards the north. It is sudden, but a shadow does fall over you from overhead. What do you do? <laughs> I crouch down and, and look up and try and steal a peek at it if I can. Yeah, 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 roll me a perception check. Let's see if you can't okay. spot anything here. An 11. Yeah, it's just an 11 on that yeah. one. Yeah. You crouch down quickly, the shadow, thankfully, passing quickly as well. You peek out from the rocks in which you hide, and you can see one of these great winged beasts and something on its back, humanoid looking, but you can't make out much else. Looking down towards Sylvanesti, something horrible has happened here. You need to get ahead and away from the army, towards the north. Begin to move that direction. 
hopefully to reach the mountains before this army does. And as you turn to look at that column marching away from the forest itself, you see those shadows from in the trees leave the Sylvanesti border and tear into the back lines of the army. There's a scramble, a struggle, but you watch as this column turns and takes battle formations back towards whatever is coming out of the forest itself. They don't look like elves. They don't look like elves at all. It buys you time, however, into the mountains, moving north. Only 600 more miles to go until Vogler. Travel is harsh, takes days. Occasionally traveling with yourself, at other times traveling with various caravans moving through the towns and cities on this side of the mountains in the waste. Continuing ever northwards. Fortunately, it seems they've given you enough time to actually get here. Weeks pass on your travel to Vogler. All for a funeral. We finally see Razik at the edge of a road, watching a caravan heading into a small village, resting at the foot of a partially built bridge on the Vingard River. Fishers, lumberers, hunters, and farmers living here peacefully. And that is where we'll take a break. We will head into Vogler after a, a brief little break here. And uh, our funeral of our dear friend Ispin. We will be right back. The Dragon Queen has gone to war. The conquest of Ancelon has begun. Eastern portions of the continent have fallen. Kenderbor and Sylvanesti fight for their lives. Where are the heroes in our time of need? Who will stand and join the ranks of the Shard? Join the premier mercenary group known as the Shard of Discord. Build your character, select your class, and roll dice in a game designed by me, Runaway Robot. Scout, build, craft, and fight your way to victory during live stream game crises that directly affect the Diefall show Dragonlance, Shadow of the Dragon Queen. Join now at patreon.com slash Diefall. Shard of Discord Season 2 begins. Welcome back to Diefall Presents Dragonlance. Goodness gracious. Everyone's level 2 now. Congratulations to them. Uh, here, we find ourselves at the edge of the Salamnic province of Hinterland, lies the quiet fishing village of Vogler. Home to humans, kender, and hill dwarves, Vogler is the last stop on the road to nowhere. To the village north, scattered woods and shady brooks give way to the deadly badlands, known as the Northern Wastes. Across the Vingard River to the south stretches a land of grim legends and opportunity, the province of Nightland whose nearby port, Kalaman, welcomes traders from long-forgotten lands. The fishing village of Vogler clings to a spit of land reaching into the Vanguard River. Wooded cliffs overlook the community, and the only path from the north descends past the ivy-covered remnants of a crumbling stone keep. The village's modest wooden buildings cluster around a quaint central circle and along the riverbank. Jutting into the river, out of place and seemingly out of time, stands an incomplete stone bridge of incredible artisanship. 
The structure clearly dates back to before the Cataclysm, eclipsing its modern piers in size and sturdiness. The bridge crosses less than half the river's width before giving way to a series of ropes and tethered rafts serving as ferries. On the river itself, dozens of small boats drift along the slow, murky waters as the fishers of Vogler ply their trade. Our camera comes down to the entrance, the river gate, down from a high hill to a hooded tiefling man making his way into town. As you move in here, Razik, to the town itself, where would you want to go first? Immediately to the Brass Crab, where the inn and your stay would be? Would you look for uh, respite elsewhere, a drink, maybe, or perhaps wander the village itself. Um, no, I, I think I, I think I would I would look for the the inn. I'd probably I don't know if there's a guard at the gate or someone. There would be a couple of guards at the gate. Uh, <clears throat> in addition to those that you saw coming in, uh, there is apparently also a rather large mercenary company out on the uh, the high hill road here, uh, stationed further away. They don't seem to be. You know, aggressive in any manner, and they seem to be just stopped here at the village and, you know, enjoying their time. But there are two guards at the river gates. The gates are open. Things seem peaceful here. And no one really questions or bats an eye at a hooded figure moving into town. Okay, well, I'll, I'll walk up to, to one of the guards and, and say, hey, Good day. Could you tell me where I'd find the, the brown crab in? I think you're looking for the brass crab. He's wearing a bit what of right? a, a bucketish helm, some chain mail, and a rather simple tabard over the top of it there. He's, aye, aye, to the south then. Uh, it looks almost exactly like a crab. Uh, just keep heading towards the water and you'll find it. Thanks. Uh, what's with the, the soldiers camped out front? Oh, a mercenary camp. Uh, they're led by uh, Captain Rirmir, or, or Cudgel. <laughs> uh, She's, uh, pretty nice, honestly. They're here for, uh, well, Ispin's funeral, if, well, Ispin was a, a man that used to live here a long time ago, and he's a bit of a hero around these parts, and so there's a funeral oh, well, happening. That's why I'm here, actually. I didn't oh. realize he was so uh, well-known enough to invite a whole army to his funeral. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of people in town, actually. It seems that Greenshield had a, a lot of friends around the world. Well, fair enough. Uh, well, I'll maybe wait to the end then. Thank you. Aye, aye. Yeah, and he'll, you know, gesture you onwards and point you down the road. And yeah, and it's just a, an easy trot from the river gate down towards the district and the brass crab itself. We continue following here. Uh, our hooded mans. The brass crab is a modest single-story inn on the village wharf. The exterior vaguely resembles its namesake. As you approach the door and enter in here, you note that... Yeah, it's busy, and full of people that perhaps would be better suited to out of this tiny little town. Uh, it looks like the proprietor is having a heck of a time keeping up with all of the new entrants here. An Ergothian woman named Yalma is moving about rather swiftly inside here, taking orders and running drinks and running food as well, and she sees you enter, she says, 
Oi! I'll be with you in a moment to find a seat anywhere you can. Uh, well, actually, I'm I'm looking for for someone, uh, and I would I guess I'd check the the letter. But I can't remember what the name of the individual. Is wow! I hand thing. you a letter. I'm just role playing. I'm role playing. <laughs> <laughs> you pull out the letter to find Becklin, uh, and you say that you need to find Becklin Viharin. Just oh, she'll be back in a bit. She'll be back in a bit. She went up to uh, visit the uh, the mercenary camp. Uh, she'll she'll be back soon, and we'll start the festivities. Uh, the funeral, either way. Just get yourself a drink, maybe, and uh, sit down. All right, uh, thank you. Um, so I'll walk to the bar and patiently await service. <laughs> yeah, you know, it may be a while, uh, and that some of the locals have started to just help themselves to the drinks behind the bar and placing coin on the other side for paying, you know, of the drinks. They're just pouring it themselves. Okay, well, I, I would, I, that's what they're, I would follow suit then and, uh, find, uh, uh, a seat if there's one available. If not, I'll just sure. do that awkward sort of half lean against the wall and try and look like you I scan can. the room. Uh, one wall of the circular common room features a faded mural of two enormous crabs locked in combat, inlaid with brass detail. Continuing around, however, you see, well two very curious individuals. And the only reason that they would be considered curious is that their size? Uh, they're like twice the size of anyone in the room itself. And also they seem to be wearing mostly hides and leathers and furs, rather than what looks to be the like customary common clothes of the room, or in some cases, Salomnic order, uh, you know, armors and things like that. Ispin had some popularity. You look about the room and you see that the only open seat is at their table. <laughs> uh, well, I guess Razik will swallow heavily and make his way over and um, introduce himself and say, Hello, uh, is there... Do you mind if I sit down? The silence is deafening as the two <clears throat> large forms observe the man approached at their table. All right then, I'll, I'll leave you to it. I'll just <laughs> walk over back to the wall then. <laughs> Go sit by the wall. Uh, across the room, Talonor sitting in a corner here, kind of pushed up against the side. You watch as this tiefling man makes his way over to the one open seat and is rebuffed with silence. You've seen many people try to go and take that chair, and each of them have been turned away by the stoic silence of the giant figures. I'm quite happy in my corner, guys. <laughs> okay. I think more people should learn from me. I'll sit and quietly sip my drink in a corner, attempting to make no eye contact. I have no idea who anyone here is. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to act <laughs> as though that's the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like, ah, oh, yes, I belong here, probably. Yeah. Or anyone who's asked, I've, I've told them Gwyn's my first name because I'm worried that my room will get cancelled otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Everyone just calls you Gwyn for the moment. Okay. As you continue to observe the room here, Razik, you look about and looks for a moment there may be another seat that has just opened up at the end of the bar. Uh, it's next to a person wearing a lot of armor 
It looks Salomnic in origin. Uh, an elven woman, you think. Perhaps you can sidle your way in there. Okay, I will gather my courage once again and press forward to the seat at the bar. So I, I get to the, the seat and say, Excuse me, do you, uh, you don't mind if I sit here, do you? Reyna, a tiefling gentleman, has approached the now briefly open seat in the crowded bar. Oh, I'm I'm not able to sit in this armor anyway, so by all means, it's you. Oh, good. Uh, so, what what brings you to the village? Where are you from here? Oh no, no, just visiting for Ispin's funeral. You? Ah, uh, well, the very same. In fact, I think there's <laughs> that seems to be what most of the people here are doing. Yes. Do you know exactly what we should be doing? And you see that Rana is. Quite literally standing at the edge of the bar, just standing in attention, mm -hmm. hasn't grabbed a drink, hasn't made a move, and is just simply standing there. It, it just, it's quite awkward. Uh, well, I think Becklin, who's organizing things, I'm, I'm not sure, I haven't met him myself, but they're off speaking to some mercenaries, and then when they come back, it'll get started. Understood. Um... All right, well, I, I think that I will just please stand here and wait. Well, that's fair enough. So, uh, how did you know it's been? Oh, um... We had the same lover. <laughs> All right. Well, uh... So did Razik. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. <laughs> um, well, you must be saddened by his passing, I, I take it. Oh, or yes. not? Maybe. No, it, extremely grieved. We were close friends. In fact, that's actually how we became friends. Is we slept with the same woman. Now that I say it out loud, I realize how interesting this relationship was, but believe you me, he was a very dear friend of mine, and and that is why I've come to pay my respects. You see that Reyna is blushing deeply right now, realizing that they probably have just brought up a very awkward topic of conversation with you. <laughs> I, th I think Razik would also feel secondhand embarrassment from bringing up that topic of conversation. So that, that's an interesting painting on the wall, that the two crabs fighting. Yes, yes. In fact, Bart, keep, can I please get yes. a glass of water? Uh, uh, yes, you. yes. Right, uh, and um, well, if you have any interest about the, uh, oh, the mural over there, I, I think I've got a little bit of time. And she goes to, like, get some water for you, and she looks at, at Razik and says, Another drink for you as well, sir? Uh, sure, certainly. Yes, of course. Uh, so those, the murals, I don't really remember what uh, where they came from, but... The crabs. The one on the left, his name is, is Fancy, and and the one on the right, his name is Gorgeous George. Huh? <laughs> you can say hello to them. Some people like to pet the little brass inlays and things of that nature. Anyways, I've got to go again. Uh, here's your ale. And she'll go bustling off again to the incredibly crowded room, being the only person here working. Well, I don't feel like that really answered the question of, of why they they made the mural, but okay. <laughs> As you stand. Maybe sip your drink awkwardly. Reyna blushing furiously from the side here, trying to choke down the water. We pan over to our two very 
large friends sitting at one of the tables with the only open chair in the entire room sitting across from them. Another one of these uh, locals, a fisherman, will come up and say, hey, uh, do you mind if I take this chair for me and my mates over here? Uh, uh, no, oh, oh yeah, no, all right, yeah, you, you're definitely using it, you're definitely using it. Um, right, um, and you watch him scuttle away and start whispering furiously to the, the people that are with him. It's like a group of fishermen that are sitting there and they're all looking. You just hear, <laughs> And I just put my feet on the chair. <laughs> and I just lean back and I just start drinking. Yeah, they're all whispering at each other here. And uh, eventually we watch as the man like goes up to the proprietor here and begins to talk to, to Yalma, and she looks over at you guys, and like eyes are wide here, and she'll come very carefully over. Um, so it's a bit of a busy day. Um, I'll get, I raise one brow at her. But you're totally right. That's, you know, first come, first serve, and if you need what a place to rest, want? rest your weary legs. No, no. What do you want? I was going to ask if perhaps you could allow someone else to take the chair or use the chair in any way possible, but, you know, I don't want any trouble at this point. Here you go, miss. Oh. <laughs> is, is it possible that, like, this this uh, table had four chairs, but I'm sitting on two of them? Yes. Absolutely. So <laughs> yes. For sure. <laughs> and she looks at you taking up two of them and goes, I think you probably need both of those, and um, she'll take the chair gently and quietly and as quickly away as possible from there. Before she does, I hold it. <laughs> and I look her in the eye. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, it was just too funny to watch them all come and go. <laughs> oh. And you, like, watch her shoulders relax a little bit. And, oh. and I let up and I just drink my drink really angrily looking. Oh, let me get you another round of ales. Thank you. And she'll go bustling away to give the, the chair to the other fishermen and, you know, and briefly I look come at the back. Fishermen. All of them, wide-eyed, looking at you. And then quickly back to their drinks. Time continues to pass as you nurse these drinks, but yes, eventually, the woman that has made all of this happen does enter. Becklin is, is hard to miss. She is uh, in full plate and wearing the horned helm of the Knights of Salomnia. She looks about the room, and you watch as she meets each of your eyes and gives a respective nod, except for Talonor, who her eyes pass over and she kind of cocks her head a little bit and then comes back all the way across to where both Razik and Reyna are standing here, and she'll come forward. Oh. Ah. Immediately setting down the glass not, of water and coming to attention. Not here, Reyna. Not here. It's okay. The people here don't have much well, respect for the Salomnic Knights, so keep a low profile if you don't mind. They're a bit touchy on the whole subject. Things about yes, the cataclysm 200 years ago seem to still affect them. And, well, I recognize you. You'd be the only tiefling here, wouldn't you, Razik? Huh? I would, I would think so. I've, I've been looking around and uh, I feel a bit out of place. Ah, it's all right. Everyone here is friendly enough and accepting, for sure. The two larger ones over there, I think, um, 
I have their names, uh, Ravenna and Svar? Svar. Regardless, the descriptions do match for what was left behind. Uh, so we'll, we'll be gathering them as well. And I, uh, I do seem to be missing one, but oh, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. Um, enjoy the drinks for a moment. Uh, just going to quickly touch base with Yalma. Mr. Mr. DM. Settled. Yes. How many elves are in this bar? How many elves? Uh, yeah. Like three at this point. Oh, shit. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna stand out of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of them being a Qualen SD elf rather than a Sylvan SD elf, and the other one uh, is, you know, neither here nor there. It's fine. I'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. And so she, she goes about and she touches base with Yama, and then she'll come over to the table with Ravenna and Svartal, and she'll, you know, look down and place her palms on the table. Ah, good day to you. Um, I believe you are Ravenna and Svartal, is that correct? Yes. Uh, yeah. Just as talkative as Ispin said she would be. Um, well, happy to, that you've made it. Um, your father, uh, Ispin said your father may attend. Is he around? No, he is not. It is just us. Ah, I see. I, I see. Um, well. Why? Uh, no, I just, uh, I had a set of descriptions from Ispin uh, while he was passing on who to expect and, um, he, he made mention that perhaps your, your father would come as well. Representatives of the, the Crown Tribe is who he truly said, though he did give me your names. Wait. We are the representatives. Ravenna, I had, a, I had an option to stay at home. No, you didn't. Why did Dad stay? Because we took Father's place. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Well, I appreciate you coming, and I'm sure Ispin, were he alive, would appreciate it as well. Um, Let's get one yeah. thing mm -hmm. straight. Yes. We are here to represent our tribe. Right. We are not truly here to pay our respects. We are only doing this because it is honorable and it is tradition. Yeah, what that are we going to get killed too? Yeah, that man took our mother. Right. Um, no, you're, you're totally right. <laughs> I just appreciate you making the effort in your travel to arrive here. Uh, I don't know the details of many of the things. Ispin was fond of stories, but I'm sure he didn't tell me all of them. Um, I grieve for your loss, and I apologize for... It's been being part of it. I am sure that he meant nothing ill about any of it. He was a good man. And, and hopefully you know that. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, well, there are a few that I'm still collecting before we go send off uh, the final farewell. Um, I'll be right back. And she'll continue around here until... She, like, looks again at Talonor in the corner and then approaches smile back at us. slowly, helmet under her arm, head cocked to the side. I, um... Now, there's not many elves in the bar, and I, I think that perhaps you may be representing someone that I'm looking for. Oh, I, is that true? Uh, 
Yes. Yes, uh, I'm Gwyn Greymoon's son. Unfortunately, he was a bit indisposed to come, so he sent me instead. Of course. Uh, We've I met Ispin, briefly. The terrible things that have happened towards the south, and oh, I, I hope that you and your family are well. Oh, yep. Right. <laughs> well, it is good to have you here, and I am sure Ispin in his... Everlasting soul appreciates your attendance. I'm happy to be here. Uh, there was some talk of accommodations being arranged. Is that still the case? Yes, of course. I've I've already arranged it with uh, some of Ispin's funeral funds. You are you have rooms here at the inn uh, tonight. Oh. Um, oh, oh, after we are done with the the funeral, uh, Yalma will have keys for all of the attendees. Wonderful. Uh, how long is it? Oh, I... This is a long journey. I'd like to rest a bit. Right. So, Ispin thought it would be nice for those that came, um, well, to be able to stay for a while in one of his most favorite places. Um, there's a festival, the Kingfisher Festival. It, it begins tomorrow. It's Sounds a lovely. rather fun event, and you'll see tonight as we make our way about, um, you know, the banners and things that are being put up for the morrow. Uh, there's going to be, you know, foods and crafts and party games and things like that. That sounds fantastic, yes. I'm more than so happy you'll to have stay. plenty of days here. And should you need more accommodation than that, I can look to perhaps set you up in uh, the barracks or something like that. Oh, thank you. Yes, of, you. of course. Any friend of Ispin's is a friend of mine. He, uh, he is at least owed that in his passing, huh? Oh, of course. It was a, it was a good chat. What I remember? Yeah, again, like, cocks her head to the side here. For us above table, she's, like, rolling an insight check onto you here. She's, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, blankly smiling. Yeah, just blankly smiling at that, and she goes, huh. Yes. Well, I'll have everyone gather here in just a bit. Um, enjoy the rest of your drink, and, uh... Well, let me gather the rest of the attendees, huh? Nice to meet you. Right, right. And, uh, she'll go move about once again. She hears, again. like, the largest, barely-veiled sigh of relief when she starts walking away. <laughs> <laughs> Breaks into sobbing. That's awesome. As dusk begins to settle here, eventually, Becklin moves to the bar and clambers atop a stool and shouts out, All right, all right, it's time. It's time. Everyone that's going to be here is here. Let's head out. We have a funeral to attend. It's out on the docks, uh, out from the rear of the crab. Just head out to the doors there and, um, well, stay near the docks if you'd like and uh, or near the water if you need. There's a the boat out there that will be his final resting place if you'd like to move by and pay your final respects to him. And the crowd will slowly move out towards the docks and outside the the back end here. Is there anything you would like to do before leaving the bar and attending uh, the funeral? I think Reyna like to walk up to where they have, I assume, the body laid out for... Ispin's body rests in a small boat. 
his body wrapped in a shroud. There is a musician playing a, a soft tune as the body is out looking over the Vingard River. You can see that there's a line forming to kind of look over the shroud and pay final respects as you approach. Once it's Reyna's turn, you would see as she removes a pack of playing cards from her pouch, tucks them neatly beneath his hands, and only to herself, speaking to him, and simply saying, You were one of the dearest friends I've ever had in this lifetime. I was so lucky to have known you. I know that you're probably in a place with you. Can't play that game alone. Alone teach anybody else the rules. And uh with the tear-filled eyes, you'll watch as Rana walks away and flips a coin to position playing music. Mm-hmm. A gold coin. I will Yeah. There's a, a nod from the musician as he continues playing on the on the lute there. Those that were closest to Ispin gather on the dock overlooking the Vingard River. Becklin Uthviharin will step forward in her Salomnic armor. She smiles gently at those assembled, and her voice carries clearly across the water. You all knew Ispin as a friend, and there were none like him. Before he died, he told me this. There should be tales, not tears, for an old scoundrel like me. Make sure everyone knows my stories when I head off the greatest adventure of them all. Beckland will nod. Villagers carry the boat containing his body to the dock's edge, where she and another woman next to her, you hear, named Cudgel, lower it into the water. So let us do just that, Beckland continues as the tiny vessel drifts out onto the river. On the eve of the Kingfisher Festival, we celebrate you, Ispin. Good travels, friend. Until we meet again. With that, the boat bearing Ispin's body drifts down the river and eventually out of sight. There is a moment of silence. Then Becklin, back towards the crab, invites everyone back for a reception and an opportunity to share stories about the departed. Most of the villagers make their way quickly back inside to the warmth and drinks of the brass crab. Is there anything you all would like to do before attending? What a bore. There's nothing to do. I'm restless. <laughs> what? What? What are you okay over there? What's going on? I said I'm restless, brother. Yeah. What was that? Okay. Then rest. I don't know what. I don't know what that means. Rest. Then if restless mean yeah, go rest. Right. I thought I only obtained the fighting skill, but it seems that I have also obtained the brains as well. Feels simple to me. You're restless, you have no rest, you go rest. I don't understand. Brother, I want to do something. What do you want to do? 
I don't know. That is why I am discussing this with you. Hmm. Well, Everybody I mean... Everybody looks at us funny, and I just want to spit at them. Yeah, they're... Yeah, I mean, they don't understand. They probably all like this guy. This guy's weird. He, he, he's evil. Like, why... I don't... Are we supposed... He's already dead. What do you want to do? We told Father that we'd be on our best behavior. I don't... I don't think he understands what my best behavior is anymore. Do you even know what that is? Yeah. You've been in the forest too long. Yeah, I know. I know what people like. I do watch the people, but like, I, it's, it's stupid. It's dumb. It's gross. You watch the people from the trees and the bushes. You don't yeah. actually interact with them. Uh, yeah. They're weird. They smell. Like, this place is gross. I don't know why. why how long do we have to stay here for? Until we pay our respects to that man. <sighs> yeah, I mean, you know. Alright. But I'm not gonna, I am not gonna have fun. I don't understand you. I'm getting some food. Save my seat. I'm going to go up to the counter. Mm -hmm. Yalma is put, hastily trying to give people food. I'm going to put both my hands on the counter. Oh, hi, uh, yes, hello. Miss. Yes. Do you have food? Yes, we'll be serving food. Oh, now, now, yes. <laughs> of course, of course, yes. Um, so here's, um, she hands you a plate and she, it's a, it's called buffet style. Um, so you just got to go and serve yourself down there. You see where we've got all of the things. And we just go over there and... And you put as much as you want on your plate. Yes. There, there's Thank some, you. some meats and some veggies, plenty of breads, uh, lots of fish. Yes, and Thank then you. you can come back and grab a nail. <laughs> Brother, there's food this way! <laughs> a lot of people shy back and away from you. As you both approach You're... the buffet line, everyone just gets out of the way. <laughs> for he you doesn't to go. respond. Zvarl doesn't respond. You don't even really see him. All you hear is the moving of table and stomp, stomp, stomp <laughs> as he walks forward. Perfect. They say we just. Take. I mean, I was going to anyway. As you would. Wait, what? What is this? What? What? What do they have? I don't know. The woman handed me this thing. Is it a cover? I set it on the table, and I look. And is there a? Is there like there a specific spread area for like just the meat? Like, is there like like on tray like different trays and stuff like yes. that? Yes. There are like different trays on this table with different things on them. Whole whole fishes as well. Take a fish and I will I will throw it on one of the like meat platters. Mm -hmm. And then I will take some rolls with my like a handful of rolls and I will stuff them on there and I will just take the big plate of meat and I will walk my way back to the table. Okay. Excellent. I do it silently. <laughs> just go back to that to ever just eyes. Eyes watching. 
as our the swaddle doesn't yeah the swaddle actually doesn't grab any meat it's all vegetables all veggies oh yeah good for him good for him as we watch our two large siblings maneuver about um from here talanor post brief funeral and send off what would you be doing I think I'd sort of just still be, well, for one, I'd be ravenously hungry. So I'd probably help myself to some of the buffet food. But other than that, I think I'd just be trying to scope everyone out. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the people I see seem quite earnest. Mm-hmm. There's definitely some characters. And after sort of, you know, a light grilling earlier, I'd be somewhat wary as to see if anybody else was keeping an eye on me. Yeah, roll me a perception check. Yeah. Oh, Good. Yeah, we love these. Uh, that's a three. That is a three. You're looking. I'm rolling a d6 today. <laughs> Just so everyone knows. Yeah. Um. Yeah. As uh, as you kind of like look around to see if anyone may be paying more attention to you than you would like, uh, you're actually immediately bumped by what looks to be a dwarven woman, the one that was helping during the the funeral. There, uh, you think you heard her name is cudgel she's very well armed and armored uh, she has this like tied back brown hair here she looks at you and she smiles oh hey there what are you doing here scrawny don't recognize oh. you hello um yes i i'm i'm here on behalf of my father who, who knew him um mm. yeah just trying to sneak past get some food really so i'll be I'll be off, I suppose. Now, I know most of the people that, you know, old man Ispin, uh, met over the years. I ventured with him. Hmm? Becklin and Ispin and I and all that. I know most of the people that were going to be here. But you, you, I don't know. Who you are ever you? Go to, go to Sylvanesti with him? Did I ever, hmm, well, once or twice, I think. Oh, well, I'm from Colonesti, so that's a shame. Anyway, I'll go get some uh, food. Just <laughs> like <they're laughs> really trying to like sidle trying away to while maintaining eye contact. I've never met you before in my life. Standing over there, <laughs> who? Uh, and she'll she'll sit there and smile, eyebrows raising, and like you have to push against her rather stocky Excuse form me, just, uh, to get just by. Through. <laughs> just hang <laughs> on, <laughs> hang on. I'm scrawny, let me just squeeze through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Looking about again as you squeeze by to go get more food and realizing most of it is gone at this point, you have to kind of like pick through it. Good. Like, oh, uh, oof. All right, yes. We pan on over to find Razik post-funeral, what would you be doing? Um, I think, I think Razik would actually be trying to talk with the locals and, um, ingrain himself a little bit, and I think he'd be curious about the, um, the funeral rite itself of, mm-hmm. so you, you, you push them out into the river, in aye, a boat. Yeah, we push them out into the river, and, uh, they go sailing off on down the way, and, you know, eventually they'll be, um, the boat rises up into the heavens where the old gods will claim them. <laughs> it, it rises up? All right, Have right. You... It flies up into the air. Yeah, but after right. after it's gone, so we can't see it. Oh, uh, of course. Mm-hmm. Is there, you know, they don't wash ashore or anything like that, or... Um... Uh, well, how, how would they wash ashore if, if they're flying? 
I, you're right. I, of course, silly me. Silly me. Another dude bumps into him who's clearly had way too much to drink. Oh, they don't fly up in the air. They, they go under the water and just become one with the river altogether. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, okay. So, when did the this tradition start? Is it? Have you just always as done long, that way? As long as we've been alive, it's been the tradition of Vogler that we become one with the river. When we die, when we pass the other side, life is so fleeting. Life is so fleeting. Live your best life, young man. He touches like the horns on your hands. Oh, those are real. I thought you maybe <laughs> be I'm up in they, costume. Yeah, they are. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not in a costume. I'm just not from here. Right. No, just live your life, young man, to the fullest, until you too become one with the river. Uh, okay, you see. You too. I'll I'll get up from that table. Yeah, just like get up and move. <laughs> looking, yeah, looking about the room, you see, it's like all right. People seem to be kind of gathering around here. Uh, it looks like some some chairs and things have been set up in a bit of a half circle around the centralized fireplace, and is getting a bit settled for what seems to be some kind of activity. Who knows at this point? And maybe you want to take part, and maybe you don't. The camera pans around once again here. We find Reyna. Reyna, what are you doing? Reyna, uh, this entire time, has been standing in the corner. Uh, specifically, the corner facing the door. Mm. And just being ever vigilant with yes. her glass of water. Roll me a perception check. Below the table. Uh-huh. She's just so socially awkward. She's not <laughs> quite sure where to go or what to do. Meanwhile, it looks like she is, yes, like, just staring at everybody. Yeah. Like, Who are you? Mm. Why are you here? Mm. Yes. An 18. Nice. Observing the room, you see that there's actually just, like, one person that seems to also be keeping to the edges. The other elf. There are three elves here. One is a young man that you've seen kind of try and get out and away from people a couple of times. But another, much more curiously, is a blue-skinned elf. You've overheard a couple of times people saying that her name is Lidara. She's kept to the fringes of the reception here most of the day. She was here before you, you got here, but you don't know much about her. Seems to be polite enough in it, as it is as you watch her interact with some people that attempt to talk to her, but each leave pretty quickly as there's not much being said. Permission to make a roll for myself, DM? What would you like to roll? A charisma roll for reasons. Okay, for reasons, for reasons. Go as a 11 charisma save. All right, butterflies in my stomach with my... My glass of water. Ah, uh, Reyna is going to. Yep, Reyna's going to do it. After a lot of pep talk mm -hmm. in that little lonely corner of hers, um, she's going to approach this individual. Yeah, you approach the beautiful blue-skinned elf. You note that she has some of the markings of a Sylvanesti heritage. She has long blue pointed ears and these deep, somewhat blue-white 
eyes. He wears somewhat of like a, an antlered-esque, not a, a crown, but like a tiara, decorative mostly there. He's wearing very fine white and blue robes that complement her skin perfectly. Hello, do you come here off? No, that's, that's just... Hi, my name's, my name's Reyna. Do you mind mm. if I, I sit? She gestures to the open chair next to her. No, of course not. And no, you. I do not come here often. I know, it was a very dumb thing to ask. I didn't know how else to introduce myself. Uh, Might I, I make may... a suggestion then? Yes. You could start with your name. Oh, you're right. Uh, my name is, is Reyna. I am a Reyna. knight. Salamnia. I can tell. My name is Lidara. Pleasure to meet you, Reyna. What brings you to the occasion, other than perhaps knowing Ispin? Quick flashback of the conversation that mm -hmm. I had with Razik. <laughs> you see again, like, gulp. Uh, we were really good friends. Oh, that's good. It is good to have good friends. Hmm. Will you miss him? Yes and no. I have maybe some late nights and a few card games and great conversation. How about yourself? I think so. I've lived a long life, though. And I've lost many loved ones over that time. It gets... Easier, I want to say, over time, but harder too, knowing that no matter how long the years go, I will always lose every loved one. And you, she like, you note her eyes flick to the points of your ears, you will unfortunately have a very similar fate as your life goes on. This may not be consolation. But I like to think of it as more time to remember them. Mm. More time to make their memories. That is a good thought to have. I like that. Normally, I place my memories into songs. Um, give them something, each loved one that I have, something physical to last the lengths of time beyond even when I'm gone. I don't mean to impose, but... You plan on gracing us with song tonight? Uh, I did not plan to, no. It seems that more of the occasion here is for stories, which I do appreciate as well. However, I have had a long journey, and I am thinking of retiring soon to my room. There's a lot of people here, and... I do not feel much for being social very longer. In in the time that you are still here, would you mind if we created a story or two? Oh. Sure. I believe you might want to save yours, however. And she, like, her eyes look up to where you see both Cudgel and Becklin organizing everyone into this half circle around the fireplace. Seems that they're going to tell stories there. You're right. Uh, 
I, I think I'll make my way over there and allow you to rest. It, it was a pleasure. She gives a nod and will rise with you and she glides across the ground towards one of the wings of the crab towards her room. Don't mind them. Just, yeah, just, just making just making charisma checks. Just making charisma checks. It's fine. It's fine. I'm doing great. Sweat, sweat, sweat. Uh so looking back here, the reception kind of turns to a more quiet thing. Becklin, you know, gestures for everyone to gather around this this half circle of, of chairs here. She's got I would like for us to all gather here and perhaps tell a, a tale or two just as Ispin would have wanted about maybe his life or an interaction you had with him, something that maybe brought you here over time. Um, you know, feel free to sit and just enjoy if you need to, but um, if you'd like to share, we would all be more than willing to listen. And now with that, um, well, I would love to, to tell a little story here. Um, Ispin, a long time ago, there was a time that uh, Ispin here had, uh, well, he, the high sub-senior artillerist of Mount Nebermind, launched her pet weasel all the way from a gnomic enclave to San Chris Island, and then hired Ispin to go recover the critter. Or at least, note its trajectory. Um, but Ispin, for those of you that knew him, would note that he wasn't so great at maths, trajectories, and otherwise. And, uh, well, instead of going on the ferry to go to the island itself, he tossed off his armor, dove into the river, and swam all the way across. We all thought he was crazy until he came back eight hours later with the weasel still alive, mounted on his head like, like on the prow of a ship, Proudly as he swam all the way back across the water to give the high sub-senior artillerist of Mount Nevermind her pet weasel back. And there's a bunch of laughter and applause for Ispin and the, and the story. And she looks about the room. Has anyone have any other tales about Ispin, perhaps, that they would like to share? <laughs> uh, Rizikul raises hand and... Yes. And say, I'll, I'll, I'll share my tale. Um, Razik, please. And, and everyone, like, kind of looks over and gives you small little claps. <clears throat> so I'll uh, step forward and and say, uh, Greens, people of, of Vogler and uh, other distant travelers. Uh, my name is Razik, and I've come from a very far away place from here. Um, I knew Ispin, oh, about 20 years ago or so. Uh, he traveled through my homeland um, and hired me to guide him and a group to a nearby ruin, ruin that had become infested by some, some hobgoblins. I showed him the location um, and him and his party set out to clear the place out. I was left to, to tend to the camp and unfortunately a group of the hobgoblins found me. I tried my best to flee and and hide from them, but they they cornered me in a cavern, and it seemed that my short life was about to be over, until Lisbon himself showed up and fought off the the patrol, saving my life. And so I'll be forever grateful to him for his actions on that day, 
and it's why I've come from such a distance to, to pay my respects. Round of applause, especially from the locals and, and Cudgel specifically, I think. Oh, that's great, it's great. And there's a, a thank you from Bre Becklin. That was very well shared, and I appreciate it. Well, thank you. That. Yes, it's a good story. You note to the side, however, there is a finely dressed local this like red tunic and a short sword at his side lets out a very large, long, exaggerated yawn. Becklin kind of like stares daggers over at him and just looks up, swoops his blonde hair out of his eyes and just looks at her. Right. Well, uh, anyone else have any stories they would like to share of Ispin in his life? There would be some locals that would speak up. For three days, a trilerine crewed by Minotaur pirates had been chasing Ispin's ship across the blood sea of Istar, when finally he decided he would execute the most deft maneuver a ship had ever done. We dumped out every single thing that we could on one side of the ship, dropped the anchor, and pulled the most horrific U-turn of our lives. It ripped through the ship the anchor and rope all the way down the side, but it put us broadside right those next to the Minotaur pirates, and we let off a volley of arrows and fire that they had never seen before. And there's, you know, claps and applause for this. The local, again, lets out a yawn and goes, Oh, we've heard this one already! You're telling it worse than he did. There's some grumbles from the other mourners, but... No one seems to directly confront him. Uh, right. <clears throat> Becklin will attempt to continue the session here. Any Anyone else have something to share, perhaps? I do. Oh, um, yes, please, Ravenna. Take a big drink and I set it down. <clears throat> Let out a really big belch. That man came to our tribe many years ago. We were weary, weary of strangers, but we accepted him nonetheless. He soon earned our trust, and with that, he became very close with my family and two other families from our tribe. I only knew him and saw him when I was younger. Same with my brother. But I would watch him spar with our mother until one day he asked for warriors of our tribe. My mother being one of them. To fulfill some great quest. And then as soon as she left with him, we received the news that she had died. And we never heard of him again. Until now. There's silence over the group and Cudgel, she kind of like narrows her eyes here and looks at you. If remembering things. Then, the heckler. Ha! Finally, a good story! 
Huh? Oh, a dead mother, huh? That's pretty good. I slam my tankard on the table. You think that was a good story? Uh, Svartle, Svartle and I stand stands up. up and grabs him by the collar. Oh, oh, oh. And I puff up my chest. Hey, oh, oh, hey, 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 ho, oh, oh, ho, hey, hey, Becklin, you're gonna let this just happen, huh? Huh? Do you know who my father is? Huh? Becklin will move forward here. Ravenna? Ravenna, please. Just place him down. He's not worth it. Truly, he is not worth Svartle. it. She says he is trash. Put him down. Hold, holding him about, you know, head height. I, I just drop, just drop him. <laughs> Collapses the ground. Uh, you'll be hearing about this from my father. You will, you will be hearing about this. And he, you know, smooths out his shirt and adjusts his sword and. Lean into him really closely, like uncomfortably close as he's trying to straighten himself out. Roll me an intimidation check. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a 19. His eyes are wide here. He backs away. You will be hearing from my father about this. <clears throat> he won't hear anything. Do you know why? Why? Because if you keep your mouth shut, you get to keep your tongue inside of it. No one in Vogler can take a damn joke! And he will turn on his fine heel and stomp out of the bar. Becklin tries to get things under control. It seems perhaps that is enough for one evening. Enjoy the food and the drinks and, well, Ah, uh, your stay in Vogler. Um, a moment, please, for uh, us, a few of our guests. I'll, I'll make my way around. And, and she will. She'll come around, starting, I think, with Svartal and Ravenna, since you're already standing here. Hi, um, I apologize for him. He's, um, well, he's kind of a little shit. So, yeah. Um, tomorrow. If you don't mind, Ispin did leave something for, uh, for you all, but, uh, I need you to come to Thornwall Keep, up close to the entrance and on the hill, tomorrow morning, if you'd like to claim it. We will be here for now. Right. And thank you for not bashing his head in. His, um, he's not wrong about his father, at least, being somewhat important. His I name. don't think he will tell his father. I... Perhaps he will not. His name is Bakaris, uh, the younger. Uh, his father, obviously, just Bakaris, Uth Esteed, um, a noble. A uh, well, you know how people can be. Hmm? Right. Well, I just wanted to thank you again. Uh, have a good evening and. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow at Thornwall Keep in the morning, all right? Heroes also have skeletons. Just remember that. Wait. Doesn't everybody have a skeleton? Come, brother. Okay. She'll move next to 
Razik, as you guys are kind of like winding down the festivities here. Oh, Razik, that was a beautiful story you told. I, I appreciate oh, thank you, you taking the opportunity. I didn't think many of those that would come would would do so. Um, well, I, I thought it seemed the, the right thing to do to, to pay my respects, and I don't know if... Um, if you'd known that he'd been so far south to the Plains of Dust, I mean, you weren't in the group with him, were you? I, I can't say I recognize no, you. No, not in the Plains. That was before my time and before Cudgels. We made our way down to, you know, the Sylvanesti region a few times after that, but never again did we go to the Plains of Dust. I don't know why that is, but every time one made mention of it or we'd had a treasure map that might find us something there, he, uh, well, he never wanted to go. Oh. Would you know why that is? I can't really say why, honestly. Uh, uh, perhaps kind of, it's nothing then. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he just didn't maybe, like the sand, yeah. huh? Yeah, but maybe. It's pretty coarse, gets everywhere. What's that? Ah, nothing. There's, um, <laughs> he left something for you. Um, tomorrow well, morning, right. if you don't mind coming to the Thornwall Keep. Of course, certainly, yeah, no problem. All right. It's good to see you. She'll give you a pat on the shoulder and, you know, move away. She'll make her round again over, I think, to Talonor next. Ah. Oh. You didn't have uh, anything to share, did you? Nope, not really. My my, my father knew, uh, knew Ispin. I think he made him a cape once to get on very well. Hmm. About it, really. That's ah. all I know. Oh, it's all right. I'm glad you could at least represent him here. It's been always so oh, highly sure of your father. Oh, I'm sure he would have to be here. He was um, a great man, is what Ispin would say. And from my singular meeting with your father, I would have to agree. He was awfully impressive, that's for sure. How is he these days? Oh, he's he's well. He's still running the house and still got the tailoring business and pretty much all I do, really. Is that right? Yes. Not much changes in Sylvanesti. Time's a little different for us, you know? Aye. Uh, it can be. I'd heard there's, um... Some kind of war going on down there. Is that true? I heard, say, of tensions and stuff, but... Well, I've been on this trip for a little while, so I don't, don't really know what's going on, to be honest. If you know more, I'm... All ears. You might... Want to check in with your father. When you get the chance. Oh. Sure I will. There yes. is war to the south. And Sylvanesti is involved. So if you've been gone a long time. It might be high time to check in. Yes I, I'll, I'll do that. Ah. Well thank you for coming. I do appreciate it. Oh, uh, Ispin had a, a gift. Prepared for your father. Um, so if you don't mind stopping by Thornwall Keep in the morning. I can give it to you. Uh, I'll collect it for him. I'd, I'd love to. Thank you. Perfect. She'll give you a pat on the shoulder and move away. Lynch slightly. Oop. Yeah. Leaving <laughs> you to go find your, your rooms there. As she again circles around to find Reyna. Ah, Reyna. It's good to see another night. You know? It's, uh, it's nice. Thanks for making it. You as well, it. man. Um, I hope you enjoyed yourself, you know, as much as you can when you mourning the loss of a loved one. You will be missed. I saw you, uh, in a conversation with Lidara. What did you speak of? Oh, um, nothing much, ma'am. It was 
simple conversation, just introducing oneself. That was all. Why? Mm. Ah, I. She got here about a day before you did, and uh, I I couldn't get a read on her. Couldn't really figure out what she was about or how she really knew Ispin. She said she was a performer, but um, she was just a uh, rather politely evasive about most things. I thought maybe perhaps you had a a little bit more insight. I get a little nosy, you know, it's a quiet town. Any little tidbits of information about people are things that I want to know. Being a little bit more introspective towards the moment that I had with Ladara, mm -hmm. um, being distracted in the moment, um, now really thinking about the conversation, Reyna realizes, no, ma'am, I, I believe you might be on the right track. <laughs> when you mention it, the conversation was very much the same with her. Just evasive, huh? As if skirting the bush. Hmm. I wonder why that is. I mean, we all have our reasons. Her eyes flick over to Talonor's retreating form down to the room. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is, and she came, she was respectful, and, uh, I'm sure if Ispin did know her, then, you know, he'd be thankful that she came. Do I clock that? Her. I'll roll an insight Talonar? check. Yeah, you roll an insight check. Ten? You notice her eyes flick past you, but I don't think you know where they land. If I happen to meet Ladara again, I will. Think, thinking in myself, much to myself, being less distracted, but I will be sure <laughs> to question her a little bit more thoroughly. It's no real pressure on that, but yeah. Maybe find out anything. I'm just curious. Uh, that being said, um, Ispin did leave something for yourself uh, at Thornwall. If you don't mind coming by in the morning. Of course. I will be there uh, immediately. All right. Good. Um, and of course, tomorrow, if you've got the time, you've got the rooms at least for the week. Enjoy the festival. A little time off, perhaps, before you get back to the Order and training. I know how rough mm. it can be. Yes, I haven't had much of a vacation yet, so thank you. I'll be sure to do so. And you may not get another one for a long time. It's a good thing that I knew who to talk to about getting you away from that place, huh? <laughs> yes, I I appreciate you, of course. Thank you. Right. I'll have a good night and uh, see you in the morning. And she will kind of bow out the room here as things at the inn and the brass crab begin to truly wind down for the evening. Those making their way to bed, getting their rooms from the proprietor, and going for a long rest. Is there anything that you would like to do or talk about with uh, your potential compatriot or sibling once you arrive into the rather nice rooms of the Brass Crab? Uh, do, are we do we are we getting separate rooms? Or were they? Did yeah, I think the the, the, the proprietor. Oh, uh, I could get you separate rooms. Yeah, is that? It doesn't right? matter. I just uh, did, did you want rooms to... together? Or, or I don't separate? need a bed. It or, doesn't matter. I just you don't need a bed. Before. Oh, I actually don't think our beds are big enough to hold you. It's part of the part of the problem. But we could push a couple of them together. Nope, I don't no? want a bed. Oh, all right. Um, um, what what about you, Miss? We'll take one room, ma'am. One room. Um, in the beds. 
push together, or are you a, a floor sleeper as well? I can do well? it. I will push them two together. Sure, of course. And he will sleep on the floor. Uh, we'll get extra pillows and blankets for him then, no? Okay. No. No Don't need. need. <sighs> oh, all right. Um, well, have an excellent evening, and she'll hand you one key for the room. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, enjoy your stay uh, at the you Brass got, Crab. Uh, you got any more or more of those uh, Brussels sprouts? Oh, I think we might have a little bit, and she'll like reach down, and there's like a small little metal container. Oh, did you want them? Yeah, and he dumps them out of the container into his hand, and just carries them. As we're walking up the stairs, what have I told you about eating before you go to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you. Sounds like a you problem, not mine. That's not the. Oh. And it, it trails off as yeah. we're going. Yeah, heading up and away. Sure, <laughs> absolutely. As you're settling down, Talonor, in the room, are you doing anything particular? Just getting ready to trance as well. Mm -hmm. uh, not a keen sleeper, but... Um, no, not really. I'd sort of <laughs> probably try to unpack some of my clothes into a wardrobe to be somewhat civilized. Yeah, but... you unpack them and you're like, ah, they're all so wrinkled and a little damp. Yeah. Uh, nothing's dry on the road. Sure that I'm sort of like in my room and you know my stuff's out. I'll start prestigitationing my clothes clean and dry. But. Sure. The robes. Would you do the same for those? The apprenticeship robes? No, I'll just chuck them in the bottom of the Okay. They get thrown into the bottom of the closet <laughs> in their rumpled up state. As you begin to magically press your clothes before your trance. Razik, you're readying yourself for bed. Is there anything in particular that you do? Um, <clears throat> one thing, um, just as Razik's sort of, you know, uh, undressing and, and things like that, he would take a, a large glowing blue gem from out of his, his backpack and place it underneath his pillow mm -hmm. and sleep on top of it glows we watch the light illuminate your features and then you place it underneath the pillow there's like a low hum emanating from it mm, yeah place exactly it. <laughs> and it's a nice little position under your head as the night closes out here i think this is a, a pretty good spot for us to call the end for session one and in the next day going to thornwall keep and perhaps claiming some kind of parting gift from Hope your departed money. friend slash enemy guy. It's gonna be a TPK, bitch. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> an enemy all night. It's uh, an illithid. It's an illithid. Uh, yeah, it, we did it. Yay. Woo, session one Clap. in the book. Clap. Clap. Oh my God. Hey. Thank you all for joining us for Diefall Presents Dragonlance, Shadow of the Dragon Queen. The prelude to war begins, and our heroes, well, I'm sure they'll become actual heroes at some point. We'll see. Uh, for now, you can find all of their links and relative, relative? relevant information in the description down below, where you can find the them all too, whatever. on the internet. Hi, Mom. Uh, My relatives. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> and until next time, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Clap. Bye. Clap. 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 Clap.